Well, it's Sunday, April the uh, 12th, and uh, it's about 5 o'clock in the evening, and I have a few thoughts for us for an evening lesson for those of us that uh, felt compelled to stay behind because we have complications of health, uh, and others that may have stayed to help someone else or just feels uncomfortable regarding the whole climate of the virus and uh, prayerfully we'll all get through this. The text I want us to look at this evening is Romans chapter 12. The Apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man his measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body uh, in Christ. And every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth, on teaching. Or he that exhorteth, on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, with diligence. He that showeth mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one toward another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place into wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, Give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Sometimes navigating through this world, if we were all on our own, it's a difficult place. And there are many people that find it difficult because they don't realize that they can have some help with the navigation. They can have some help from the Creator. The Word of God has powerful things to teach us, plenty of things that it says regarding life and how to get through it. We're living in uh, a very unique time in history. All of a sudden, in just a day's time, a few days' time, our lives change dramatically. And the uncertainty is the difficult part. It's out there in front of us. It's uncertain. You know, they give you one deadline and then they move it ahead. And then, well, we may have to move it ahead again. And we're not sure how many times we'll have to move it ahead, but, but this may be the last time. And everything is uncertain. 
One third thing that is certain is that if you believe in God, you have hope. You have hope that the friends of this world don't have. You, if you have faith, you walk by faith and not by, by sight, and therefore you continue to maintain hope. The Bible says hope that is seen is not hope. Well, certainly you can't see this hope. And hope is used the way the world uses it many times as if it means wish. Hope does not wish mean I'm wishing for something. Hope means I'm anticipating something, and I honestly believe that it's going to take place. So as Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, I, I beseech you, I, I implore you, I call upon you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Come to God alive. Give Him your breathing self. And what kind of sacrifice would that be? Just like the ones of the Old Testament, except it's not one that would be killed, and it's human. And Paul says we need to present ourselves holy, acceptable to God. It's our reasonable service. It's reasonable because God is our creator. It's reasonable because not only is he our creator, but after humans began sinning, well, before they began sinning, because before the world was founded, he gave us free choice and he knew what we were going to do ahead of time. And so he sat down and determined that his son would come to the earth and go to the cross and pay the penalty for our, uh, our sins, the penalty for our infractions against the laws of God. Verse 2, he says, And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Too many times we allow ourselves to be conformed. We let popular opinion conform us. Or we listen to the crowd and we let them conform us. We let them convince us. And... If there were a time that uh, we need evidence, it's in the life that we live in right here in this world where you lay your hand on things. But the evidence of God is all around us. We know that He is there because none of this could have happened without a designer, without a maker. It didn't just happen. But the world that we're living in, we, we get lied to sometimes. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes things are hidden from us. So Paul says, but don't let the world conform you. Don't let them use flashy speech and tell you things that sound like, well, that must be true because enough people said it. Well, that goes contrary to what Jesus taught about the two ways, the broad way and the narrow way. The crowd will go down the broad way. The survivors will go down the narrow way. The way to salvation is straight and narrow. Paul's, Paul's teaching to us here, though, is be, be transformed. When I've taught this lesson in years gone by, and it was after my boys were older, maybe before, but they all had transformers, or they played with transformers, or they talked about transformers. You could change this toy into something that it wasn't before. Well, how do we become transformers? Well, Paul says by the renewing of our minds. How do we renew our mind? Through the Word of God and prayer. Seven days without one will make, without uh, uh Seven days without Christ will make you weak. Seven days without the Word of God will make you weak. It'll make one weak. It'll make you weak. And so we need prayer and Bible reading daily. We need to practice that that we learn when we read our Bibles. 
and we renew our minds so that we can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How is that? By living it then. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, verse 1 and 2, Paul says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection where? Things above. What happens when we set our affection on things on the earth? Well, they fall apart. The whole world falls apart. It'll get put back together again. But in the meantime, it falls apart. This, this, this temporal life is not dependable. Eternal life is dependable if we lay claim to it. Verse 3, Paul says, I'm speaking to you through the grace given to me. I'm speaking to every man among you. Don't put yourself up here on a pedestal. You might get knocked off of it. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. How should we think then, Paul? Think soberly. If I'm going to think sober, I've got to keep things out of my mind, out of my body, out of my physical being that's going to prevent me from thinking soberly. So think according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has provided us faith and a way to grow our faith. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 teaches us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the more I study the Word of God and the more I practice the Word of God, the more my faith will grow when I realize and see in my own life that by God's providence, He's, he's dealing with me and other children of God in the fashion that he did with children of God throughout history. Maybe not down on personal one-to-one contact, but he's still dealing with us. He's still working with us. He's still providing by his hand of providence. He's taking care of us. Romans 8, 28, the Apostle Paul said, For all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. If you love God... Well, how do we know that we love God? Jesus said, John 14, 15, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If we love God, then we love, we love the Lord, we love His Word, and all things are going to get work together for good. Will it work together the way we would like to plan it? No, because we don't see both sides. We, we're not up above looking down. It's like an A-frame type building, and if, if you're on one side, if you're on the north side, you can't see the south side of the building. And if you're on the south side, you can't see the north side. But if you're up above, you can see both sides at the same time. Well, that's how God sees life. Only God sees it from outside the, the time frame. He's eternal. He's eternal, and he's looking in at the whole, the whole timeline, beginning to end. But there is no beginning or end for him. Verse 4, Paul says, We have many members in one body, and all members don't have the same office. When we obey the gospel and we become members of the body of Christ, each of us, each individual is a member of the body, just like our, our physical body has eyes and ears and nose and mouth and fa- uh, tongue and hands and feet and fingers. All the parts have different functions. And they don't do very good by themselves, but when you put them together, it's, it's a pretty special kind of thing that God created there. Even though sometimes we think down about ourselves and that's, that's when we're letting the world get in there and bring us into depression that we ought not be in. We have many members in one body. All the members don't have the same office. And being many, we are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. So we're, 
We're all in it together. If you've obeyed the gospel, you're in Christ. We're in this together. We work together. It's called unity. In verse 6, he says, You'll have gifts then that differ according to the grace that's given to you. Prophet, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. Prophecy in the modern times would not work out the same as it did in the older days in, in the Old Testament because God no longer works through a prophet that foretells or foretells. But God does work through prophets that speak his message. A prophet is one who speaks for another. So whether prophecy, let us prophesy. How much? According to our proportion of faith. The more you study the Word of God, the more your faith can grow. The more you practice the Word of God, the more your faith can grow and you can reach a point where you can tell other people what God wants them to know from His Word. Ministry, let us wait on our ministering. And there are so many ways that we can minister in the kingdom of God. We hear the word minister and we think about the preacher. And yes, that's a ministry, but deacons are servants. They are ministers. They're in a ministry. Every Christian ministers in some fashion within the kingdom of God. We have a ministry. Uh, maybe it's a, a calling because we're good with small children or a calling because we're good with teenagers or a calling because we're good with the, the geriatric population. Uh, that's a strange-sounding word. Uh, maybe I should have said the senior citizens because I'm not ready to be called uh, ger geriatric. Uh Verse 8, he that exhorteth on exhortation. We've all known people that knew how to exhort. They knew how to encourage everybody at the darkest of times. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. If you give, think of how God gave to you and give back. Give back with that kind of thought process. Uh, Paul says uh, the cheerful giver, God loves him. God loves the cheerful giver. He, gives grudging, uh, he does not give grudgingly or of necessity. You determine ahead of time. You don't wait and give God the leftovers. But when you give, you do it with simplicity. If you're a ruler, if, if you're in a position of leadership, do it with diligence, Paul says. And he that shows mercy, show mercy with cheerfulness. Love always enters into the picture because love is a, an important ingredient. Uh, let love be without dissimulation. Don't let love get divided up and confused love is something that grows as it's extended and as Christians we should be practicing the love that Jesus practiced and in the Greek language that was called agape seeking the highest good in another individual we should seek the highest good in those around us not always be looking at the worst we should abhor what's evil shun evil cleave to righteousness and in verse 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. The writer of the book of Hebrews said the same thing in a much shorter verse. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. He said, let brotherly love continue. Don't want to have an end to it. Want it to continue to grow. Don't draw circles and close people out. Jesus didn't. He removed the circles. He broke down the middle wall of partition. He made it possible for Anyone who wants to be his follower uh, can indeed be so. Verse 11 talks about how we should be living, not slothful in business. The word slothful has the word sloth in it. And we, I think, are somewhat familiar with a little creature, the little sloth. 
he hangs upside down and he sleeps and and he just uh, sleeps his life away. You know, he falls around because he's not nourished well because he doesn't get up and do anything. Paul says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. Oh, in spiritual things. Let the world say what they said of Paul and the others when they came to town. And they made the statement, those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. And it wasn't a negative statement they were making. They were making a positive impact. And people were taking notice of that. And how's that, how's that happen? When we're serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in what? In hope. Hope is not a wish. Hope is something that we know. We know. Having patience in tribulation. We might use the word tribulation to define different things. A lot of people right now would use the word tribulation to define what we're all going through. And when it goes away, we might not think of it quite as severely. But in all of these things, we continue instant in prayer. Jesus was always praying. Those who were close to God were always praying. Abraham was considered to be the friend of God. And Abraham was a man of prayer. He was always building a new altar. The Apostle Paul was always praying. We need to learn to be people of prayer. Verse 13, distributing to the necessity of the saints. That would be physical necessity. That would be spiritual necessity. Given to hospitality. Verse 14 is the hard one. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. But for a Christian, we should be imitating our Savior. And so we should be offering blessing. You know, the descendants of Abraham and through the seed of Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed when that seed was Christ. And now we are the children of promise within the church. And when we share the gospel in our community, when we live it in our lives, when we take it to our place of employment, we become a blessing uh, to those around us. Verse 15, rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. Jesus practiced that. He had close friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And when Lazarus died, even though he knew he had the power to bring Lazarus back, and he did, when he got there, though, Lazarus was dead. And his human emotions came up within him. John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. But Paul says in verse 16, Be of the same mind one toward another. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ when we obey the gospel. And up until that time, we are all uh, created humans in the image of God and entitled to hear the gospel. And so we, we should uh, treat people appropriately. And then when we obey the gospel, we should be of the same mind because we should have the mind of Christ. And we should mind not high things, but we should condescend to men of low estate. Don't be wise in your own conceits. Don't get conceited and get a puffy head and think that you have the answer to everything. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. That seems to be the way of the world. You do me evil and I'll get evil with you. You do me evil, I'll get even. I'll get you back. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Have a reputation where you work in your community, in your neighborhood, in your family, that you're a person of honesty. That's what God expects in our lives. And the striving to, uh, as much as possible, lying within you, live peaceably 
with all men. Sometimes there are people that just won't won't be peaceful, peaceable, but that doesn't mean that we have to return it right back. Verse 19 follows close on that verse. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. In, in other words, step back away from wrath. Give place to it. Don't take vengeance because, quoting from the Old Testament prophet, Paul tells us that the Lord says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, after all these other verses, after this way, way to live and how to treat people, therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink of water. When you do, you heap coals of fire upon his head. I told my kids a story a long time ago, and I've heard my son Chris reuse it in a sermon, and I've heard others of my children tell it to their children. But the little boy came home from school, and they, the, the mom and dad would have a family uh, get-together in the evening. They'd have devotional, and the kids would talk about how school went, and the little boy was having a problem. He had a bully. They poked him with his pencil, wasn't very nice to him, sat right behind him. Well, you have to be nice to him. In their Bible study that day, they had studied about uh, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. A few days later, they ask about the bully, and the little boy says, oh, he's my friend now. He says, I listened to our Bible study, and I fed him jelly beans. If your enemy hungers, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink of water. In the process, you heap coals of fire on his head if he continues being a bully. And then Paul sums up in verse 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what Jesus did. They nailed him on that cross, and they thought they were victorious, and Satan felt the same way. And I've heard preachers say there was a, there was a, a victory celebration in the, in the pits of hell the, the night of the crucifixion, but it was a short-lived victory because Jesus arose. He arose the victor. Every first day of the week, every, every Sunday, we remember that Sunday morning when they came to the tomb and it was empty because Jesus arose from the dead. It's not something we take lightly. It's something we remember. As I conclude this lesson, if you are not a Christian and you want to be more like Jesus, you need to obey the gospel, you need to repent of your sins, confess Christ, be buried with Him in baptism, be raised to a new life, live faithful to death. Let the Bible be your standard. Let Jesus be your guide. If you're a believer and you haven't lived up to your commitment, you need to repent and pray and recommit your life. Whatever your need is, we invite you to get, get in contact uh, with us, either by phone or by email.